Welcome, my outside-the-box thinkers, to the Anti-Aging Unraveled podcast, where I am your host, Dr. Lori Gerber. In this podcast, we will explore the fascinating world of personalized anti-aging medicine that considers the whole person inside and out, and how all systems are interconnected to each other. In today's world of modern medicine, we often find ourselves like just another number in a system that prioritizes quick fixes over sustainable and more natural solutions. Well, let's get ready for a paradigm shift in health and beauty. We look far beyond treating symptoms and aim to get to the root cause of our health and cosmetic issues. This podcast is your go-to source for all things natural, outside the box, and innovative in integrative medicine and cosmetic dermatology. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive deep into the world of functional medicine and aesthetics with me, Dr. Lori Gerber. Let's take a trip down the real skin revolution pathway together. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to have you here today. It's going to be a great topic today that we're going to be talking about, and it is the gut immune skin connection. And what we're going to talk about is really how our gut and our style of eating and our lifestyle choices really affect the aging process and what is going to happen inside the body and the inflammation that incurs and how that will cause skin disorders, aging issues. And actually, it will inhibit the longevity of a lot of your injectables. So as far as your fillers and your Botox. So I think the first thing to talk about is that there is a gut-skin axis. It is a legitimate topic that we talk about. We see it in literature. And really, we know that the gut immune and skin are directly related and they have a lot of similarities, which we're going to talk about. So I'm really excited to bring this topic to light. This is really the focus of how I practice. I really truly believe that if we treat the inside and we treat the gut and we treat the uh, basically overactive or inflammatory immune system, then we can clear up a lot of skin disorders and we can also improve our appearance. And that is really the overall goal, right? Is to feel better and look better. So I really want to talk about, you know, the gut is where we make nutrients, metabolize hormones, detoxify enzymes, neutralize pathogens, and actually make neurotransmitters. So it's really important to get your digestive health in check to feel well and, of course, experience glowing, clear skin. In the past two decades or so, there's been numerous studies showing the links between gut health and your immune system, mood, mental health, autoimmune disease, endocrine disorders, skin conditions, and cancer. And as the largest organ, your skin needs as much TLC as any other part of the body, as does the gut. So while it's not very glamorous or fun necessarily to talk about for most people, I think that it's really a great place to start. And the gut is where 80% of our immune system actually sits. So why not treat it with the respect it deserves and really heal it up, treat it with good nutrients. And we're going to talk about things that you can do to really make that better so that we know that our Botox and our fillers and our other things that are stimulating collagen, our PRP or our exosomes are all going to last. We want these to be long lasting as possible. Not only that, we want to look as well as possible. So I think it's a really good idea to treat it with respect, to understand that this is someplace that really most of us need to start getting our digestive health in check to feel better and look better. So Let me give you a brief 
introduction to the gut as an endocrine organ. And the gut microbiome is the largest endocrine organ there is. It's at least 30 hormone-like compounds that it produces. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of these, but short-chain fatty acids, bile acids, cortisol, that stress hormone that we all love to hate and hate to love, neurotransmitters such as GABA, the calming hormone GABA, the serotonin, which is also calming and a little bit energizing, dopamine, and of course, tryptophan. And all of these endocrine hormones have a function in not only the brain, but also how our body functions in general. So what happens when our gut gets disrupted, meaning when we expose it to things over time, and when I say things, I usually break that down into three categories. It's either toxic food exposure, something that maybe we're sensitive to over time, whether it's a bug or something else that's in our system. So Lyme or some other bugs that are in the system can actually basically sensitize us for our immune system to get a little overactive and that can make our gut leaky. Or it can be toxic exposure, whether it's pesticides or heavy metals, they can do the same thing. So we talk about leaky gut, as I always call it, cobblestones. And we talk about this shifting of cobblestones from being really tight together, where it's one nice thin mucous membrane the whole way up and down. And basically it gets these little gaps or splits. And those little gaps or splits actually will start to have like a, think about like a pathway that shouldn't be there. And when that pathway comes into being, you really start to get things to go into your system that really shouldn't be there prematurely. And when we do that, we start to stimulate our immune system to do things that it shouldn't do. Right on the other side of that gut wall is the largest part of your immune system. And we call that in the malt system, it's really just lymphatic tissue. And it just starts to stimulate the immune system to do things that maybe it shouldn't do. Or maybe it's doing things too quickly, or maybe it's seeing things as far in that it shouldn't. And that starts to put on this cascade of inflammation. So we know that this inflammatory process has downstream effects. Some of us don't even feel the stomach issues, but some of us do. And we'll talk about what you might feel with some of those things. But I think more importantly is we know that there's data to suggest or actually to show that other skin conditions can be exacerbated or caused by these gut-related issues, such as acne, atopic dermatitis or eczema, psoriasis, something called hydroadenitis, superativa, which is actually a horrible disease of the sweat glands, basically, a lot of times under the arm or under the breast tissue where they make cysts, rosacea, dandruff, and something called seborrheic dermatitis, which is basically kind of that redness around the creases of the nose and in the corners of the eyebrows. Dandruff, we talked about alopecia, certain types of alopecia and skin cancer, and what I would say is, and also premature aging of the skin. You know, we want to make sure that we put back the bacteria and the good microbes that we need in our gut and that we give them the nutrients that is necessary for them to be healthy. And so that it doesn't continue to become this, what I call cobblestone irregularity, where you get this leakiness. Um, I think leakiness is a tough or terrible term because it really isn't truly leaky. It's almost just like if you're stretching a rubber band and there's little cracks in that rubber band or the elastic just doesn't stay together as well. And you're getting these micro channels where it allows things to pass through prematurely. So what do we maybe feel when we get a disruption of this I would say is homeostasis. Maybe we get bloating, cramping, diarrhea, constipation, food intolerance, 
new food sensitivities, sometimes even blood in the stools. And then obviously we can also see some of these skin disorders that I talked about where it's, you know, red bumps, redness, vascular increase around the cheeks and the nose, maybe these scabby scaling or different cysts, breakouts, psoriasis plaques. So it could also cause the skin to be dry, irritable, and fine lines and wrinkles to come out early, right? Because we don't have a good microbiome. So let's shift topics a little bit when we're talking about the gut and talk about some of the data. And I think this is really interesting to understand there is scientific proof of this happening. This isn't just kind of what I like to call that voodoo medicine. There's some real real data here. And in 2017, there was reports that individuals with rosacea had a higher incidence of gastrointestinal disease. And in 2012, there was a study that found that irritable bowel disease patients may experience skin lesions and other skin disorders. So there's a much higher predisposition towards food sensitivity, allergy, and gut disruption. Let's talk about that a little bit and why do we think, I always say like, let's make an analogy. Let's talk about how the skin and the gut are the same. So the skin is a great barometer of what's going on inside your body. If the skin is irritated, inflamed, congested, or anything like that, the chances are high that there might be an imbalance in your gut. Honestly, almost all skin conditions can be linked to gut in one way or another, but diagnosing them is very difficult. You know, teasing apart, I always say like, you know, playing the investigator game can sometimes be tough. Obviously, there's some things that are obvious, like drinking milk can trigger indigestion, hives, mucus in the back of the throat, eczema, or even if you eat gluten, we've seen that with rashes. But other times the connections can be tricky So I like to say, let's look at the whole picture. If the immune system is turned on, generally speaking, we can link it back to the gut in some way, all right? So if it's getting sick frequently, if it's having systemic joint pains, if it's having swelling all over the body, is it a bug? Is it leaky gut or is it both? Probably both. The skin and the gut are really almost the same. They're very high in their cellular turnover rate. You know, they replace the cells very quickly and continuously. And both tissues are very similar in that they have their own ecosystem, their own microbiome, which plays a crucial role in the pathogenesis of these diseases. They're very, very much the same. So if you think about how connected they are, it just goes without saying that if one microbiome is out of whack, that the other microbiome will get out of whack. And the chances of, let's just say the gut is hyperpermeable, the chances of the skin hyperpermeability or having a breakdown in the border, like an eczema, is very, very high as well. So it's not just coincidence that these two organ systems have a very similar lining and the disruption of that lining can actually cause disruption on both ends. We often think of gut causing skin issues And it's not always gut-causing skin. It can be skin-causing gut, which we'll talk about in a minute. But a really good example of um, people having gut issues in certain environments are some of the data that suggests that people living in non-urban environments, so people that live in farming environments or more rural areas, are not usually characterized or don't usually have inflammatory diseases, especially of the gut, or other actually autoimmune diseases are much lower. So the Western diet, high-fat diet, we see a much more higher predisposition and obviously toxic exposures to intestinal dysbiosis or a a lack of of a good intestinal barrier. So the bacteria in the gut get a disproportionate ratio, which leads to immune dysregulation, immune system being turned on, 
And then lo and behold, we get these skin conditions and maybe premature aging, which none of us want. So my big take home with this is obviously we're going to talk about what you can eat, but if we're just exposing ourselves to less toxic exposure, we're going to have less aging and less gut disorder. Another couple of really nice studies show nightshades, so such as most of the legume family, they actually have nutritional components called glycoalkaloids or alpha-tomatine and capsaicin, which are all associated with increasing the permeability of the gut, which we don't want. So for some people, they have a sensitivity to this, to nightshades. We see that quite frequently. Gluten is a obviously a hot topic for the last several years. And We know that something called dermatitis, herpetiformis, and psoriasis, as long as certain eczemas have all been linked to gluten. And gluten is not just in carbs, guys. Gluten is a preservative in lots and lots of food items and some gums and that kind of thing and spices. So you want to really watch if you think you have a sensitivity to gluten or even just trying to eliminate it if you're trying to help your skin. Going on a low-gluten diet is a great way to help prevent the aging process and prevent inflammation. So let's talk about the reverse, the opposite of gut-causing skin. The skin can actually cause disruption of the gut. So we do see that people that don't get a lot of sun exposure or vitamin D in their system, which I always say low, vitamin D is the epidemic of our society right now, is actually... Obviously, you can get eczemas and atopic dermatitis, but that actually can cause an immune overdrive in your gut, which will drive increase in food sensitivity allergies. So we see this specifically in peanut allergies where there's lack of vitamin D, that eczema and atopic dermatitis and breakdown of the skin barrier can lead to an immune overregulation or dysregulation. The gut gets leaky and we get this increase in peanut allergy sensitivity where it could be a skin sensitivity that leads a systemic effect and or a gut immune overreactivity. So I found that to be really interesting and something that we don't usually think about is how the skin can affect our gut and the things that the skin does in general. So, you know, we can talk about what you can do, but I really want to give a brief overview of probiotics versus prebiotics. I think sometimes this is a little bit misunderstood, Probiotics are live bacteria that we consume through foods and supplements. They're going to help the immune system, support the gut, obviously make you feel better, but they're going to create a better microbiome for the gut. Okay. So prebiotics are really like a type of food for the bacteria. So they're going to actually give you food for your good bacteria to thrive. Okay. And we find that in certain foods, which we're going to talk about, but We also can find that in some kinds of treatments for SIBO, which is a bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine where we want to increase our good bacteria so that they basically get rid of the bad. They'll actually drive them out. And we use some compounds that are rich in prebiotics and some spore-based probiotics where they're kind of like a dormant good bacteria that comes to life essentially and, and basically gets rid of the bad bacteria. We also tend to use calming herbs to heal the, I always say, heal up the cobblestones. So when I give you these gut protocols, my goal is to repopulate your good bacteria if I think you need it, to close those gaps in the leaky 
gut, which is those cobblestones, I almost say they need concrete or cement or something in between them with calming herbs and things that are really, really good for healing. I always say it's like an eczema cream for the stomach. And then we use sometimes some digestive enzymes to break down your foods so that your burden on your body is less. If you can't really break down your foods into small enough particles, at times you're going to find that you can't heal up the gut and you can't get rid of some of these gastrointestinal symptoms. And every once in a blue moon, I'll have someone with a really hypermobile or a gut that wants to just move, 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 and we'll use some things that'll actually slow or calm the motility of the stomach and the GI tract to stop the food from passing through as quickly. So when I give protocols, I'm giving specific dietary restrictions at times. I'm trying to basically rein back the inflammatory foods, sometimes gluten, sometimes dairy, sometimes nightshades, and I'm replacing and putting back the nutrients that you're deficient in. So we're checking labs for D deficiency, minerals, and obviously putting things in to calm the gut down and heal up the leaky gut. So we're really trying to do, remove, eliminate, and add back the things that you're deficient in. So I call it the real pathway, R-E-A-L, and my L's are really to improve the skin texture and tone and increase longevity, decrease laxity, decrease fine lines and wrinkles. So our goal is really to heal the gut and decrease aging, not only on the inside, but on the outside. So what ways can you guys take on your own? And and this is a question I get all the time. If you don't want to do one of my programs or you don't want to do my Rapid Rx online, which is a quick way for me to give you some recommendations for healing with supplements or calming down things with supplements, there's about seven things that you can do on your own. Diet is huge. So if you can just get a balanced diet, lots of plants and vegetables, fruit that is rich in fiber, nuts, whole grains, all feed healthy bacteria. Now, obviously, if we think that there's a food sensitivity going on, we want to try to avoid those foods and or maybe we do a food sensitivity test. Not an allergy test, there's difference, but we could do a food sensitivity test. That takes about two weeks to turn around and we can at least get a better idea. I like to calm the gut down a little bit first so that you don't come up sensitive to all these different food types. Second, avoid highly processed foods. They usually contain ingredients that suppress your good bacteria or have things that feed the bad bacteria like nitrates. So we want to try to avoid a lot of the deli meats and the things that are processed. They tend to not be great for gut health. We want to avoid as much toxic exposure in the environment as possible. I always say if you're going to buy your fruits and vegetables, you always want to clean off your dirty dozen and do those organically. If you don't know those, you can look those up. They're really just thin skin fruits and vegetables. Anything with a thick waxy coating usually is pretty safe to buy non-organic. And obviously, if our job is a big exposure risk, we want to try to limit that the best we can. One that's often over missed is extra virgin olive oil. It has the highest number of microbe-friendly polyphenols that there is. So we want to feed our good friends in our gut, right? So extra virgin olive oil is wonderful. I actually know some people that will do a teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil in the morning or mix it into their smoothie. It's a really great way to get some great polyphenols in there. So let's talk about some what I call the prebiotic foods, artichokes, lettuce, chicory, leeks, shallots, onions, and garlic are all good ways to feed the good bacteria. They're going to help eliminate the bad stuff and give you the good stuff. 
So they're wonderful to mix into recipes or to mix into some of your smoothies if you can hide the flavor. Exercise, exercise, exercise. We know that exercise promotes gut motility and movement. And gut movement in a healthy fashion will actually help promote a healthy gut tissue. And then last but not least, try to avoid stressors. Stress and anxiety will definitely create an impact on your gut health. We know that just like our skin with stress, when we're dried out or we're over sun exposed or we're in the chlorine, our gut health can also be affected by the amount of stomach acids, by our bacteria overgrowth or not enough good bacteria from stress. We know that surgeries cause bacterial stress especially in the small intestine. So we know that it's very tough for our body to maintain a good microbiome, especially in the gut when our bodies are working to do other things or when our bodies are stressed. So I always say five-minute meditation, you can never go wrong and try to take avenues to de-stress yourself. I will be doing my journal today to try to come up with ways over the next couple of weeks for me to streamline my brain and my life so that I have some time for myself to de-stress. So Please write down those seven things. If there's anything you're going to take away from this podcast, you can take those home. And I promise you that your Botox will last longer. Your fillers will last longer. Your skincare regimen with my products, the Dr. Lori Contour line, or even Elastin will last longer. You'll have better results. And you'll find that your aging process is lower. Your gut feels better. And you're actually going to get sick less, right? Because if your immune system is healthier, you're going to find that you're not going to be as sick as frequently. And that is great for when we're going into the winter months, but also for those summer colds that are so pesky. We've been wearing masks for so long, I feel like everyone's getting everything they haven't had in a couple of years. So I guess on my last thought is to heal the skin, it's really essential that you first heal the gut. And I think it's, like I said, it's not a very glamorous thing to talk about. And no one really wants to put attention on their bowel movements and their gut and their reflux and things that they've been told is normal, like IBS and these diarrhea constipation syndromes. But I will tell you that 99% of it can be healed with good eating, finding out your food sensitivities, getting back the good bacteria, healing up the lining, which a lot of us don't do. We just avoid the foods and never heal it with that eczema cream of the gut. And then really put back a good nutrient-packed gut microbiome. And it's almost like fertilizing your soil. If we fertilize the soil, everything is going to grow better, including our bacteria. So I promise you, once you start to think about these things, your skin will radiate and glow that no amount of topical treatments and cosmetics can replace, but they will only enhance what you're already using. And if you want to get recommendations from me, I will be more than happy to do that for you. You can go to my mydrlori.com. And you can go to my resources page and fill out an intake. I would love to get you that. If there's a rapid RX intake on there, that would get you help. I'll give you some recommendations for gut therapies. Or if you want to take the plunge and go all in and do all of your labs, we can do a great lab review, give you some recommendations. There's actually a wellness intake as well. Feel free to do that. We'll get you a lab script and you can get started. It's definitely worth it. And my, you know, I call it the real five gut treatment protocol. We're going to be talking about this a lot more because I really think all of you that are doing my injectables and cosmetics and that listen to my podcast for that purpose, please think about treating the inside of your body and vice versa. If you're doing things with me for the wellness side and the integrative health and the hormones and gut side, 
let me talk to you about skincare because we can make these work together and they should be together. They should be a conversation that's had simultaneously all the time. So on that note, guys, I hope you have an amazing weekend and this will be one of many podcasts to come. So if this interests you, please sign up and listen to the rest of my podcast for Anti-Aging Unraveled. And I hope you guys have a great afternoon.